The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the TARDIS Repair Center on Gallifrey, a very long time ago, it's Doctor Who, Pachak! Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 285. Doctor? Yes, what is it? What do you want? Right from the very beginning. Sorry, but you're about to make a very big mistake. Don't steal that one, steal this one. The navigation system's knackered, but you'll have much more fun. Right from the day he started running. Run, you clever boy. And remember me. Well, we're back with Doctor Who Pachak, as Ian said, number episode 285. And this is um, just a few days before the anniversary. And, well, before we go any further, let me introduce the cast of characters we collected for this episode, which may sound kind of familiar from last episode, <laughs> which across the Great Pond, uh, the raging oceans, is uh, none other than Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Yeah, and for one of our listeners, I'm going to sound really chirpy and upbeat. Even though it's 3 a.m., I'm still here, happy, and ready to go. Yes, well, th- I do appreciate you being here at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. or any time you're available, you're always here. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. And then going, so that's um, a few thousand miles um, to, the, to, the, to the right of me. <laughs> If you're looking at a map uh, down below, or obviously I'm talking about um, east and south, but uh, south of me is um, Mr. Ian Bissett. Hello, Ian. Hello, Lewis. Good to have you back. It's good to be here. It's good to be here south of you. (laughs) Well, just as well you're not wearing a kilt, then, Lewis, eh? (laughs) It's just as well. For poor poor Ian, it's just as well, yes. Well, family show, family show. It's keep, well, keeping this it. This isn't fr- the sporran you're looking for. <laughs> we're keeping it family friendly. So uh, yeah, it's we're just a few days away from uh, the anniversary, the fiftieth anniversary today, as we record this. Well, actually, as Dave's uh, three a.m. there, he's actually one day away or two days or yeah, something like that. Two days away. Twenty first here. Two yeah. days away. Yeah, yeah it's the twentieth year. So we're, we're, I guess, technically three days, and you're two days. Very exciting. 50 years. Oh, it's absolutely, and it's suddenly rushing upon us. We might have a news section in a minute, but please don't expect us to cover all the news. It's just we're avalanche of news. Mm. It's just it's become un- unmanageable. 
I think the pod, I think podcasters are going to be doing catch up work after the fiftieth just to kind of fit everything in. Um, I know we we, we had trouble at, uh, at the Colton Collective on Sunday trying to decide what to cover and what and what not to. You know. Well, didn't um, Stephen Moffat say that come the fiftieth anniversary, Doctor Who is going to take over the television? Oh, yeah, something. Believe to- Stephen Moffat. Moffat always lies. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, it's just gotten to the point where it's just... just he said it was going to happen. <laughs> it was on the, the the one show today. He was being interviewed inside the TARDIS, and uh, he was taking questions from the, the, the viewers that were posed to him. And one of the questions was, of course, you know, uh, we only have 12 Doctors, three incarnations. What's going to happen after that? He said, well, the show's going to stop. There'll be no more Doctor. <laughs> of course, I could be lying. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, that, that's a question been posed to us many times. I'm, I'm sure the series will continue as long as it's popular. And and, and speaking of which, um, he um, really, I don't know if it was during that same Q&A, but I know recently um, Stephen Moffat had come out and said that, that you know, I don't, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically said that it was a really um, poor decision that the BBC made as far as uh, canceling the, the show or putting it on the long hiatus for 16 years back in 1989 and how foolish that was. So, I, I, I half agree with them and I half don't. I don't want to turn this into a huge long discussion, but you know, there's no sense looking back now and going that was a big mistake. Um, what we got out of you know the wilderness years was a lot of great audio, a lot of great books, uh, comics. Uh, you know, fan-produced videos. Mm-hmm. We were we were creative during that period, uh, and I, I you know, there's no point thumbing your nose at it now. Uh, yes, it was a mistake at the time that the BBC didn't pay attention to the show that they had, and especially when it was just kind of it actually turned the corner. I think with Sylvester McCoy and, and Sophie Aldred in the, in the final season, there, I yeah, don't I, think that the show was heading. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... Yes. There was undue pressure at the time to make the show more lighthearted and, and less violent. And, you know, so they, they were sort of ordered to play up the humor and, and make it more slapstick. And, and that's basically what they did, you know, to, um, at the beginning of Sylvester McCoy's tenure. And then slowly, you know, like during his last season or series... It, it changed, and it was more, you know, he, he, not darker, but you know, I, he, he. It was a more serious tone to his 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 doctor, which. So I, I think it was it was slowly steering itself back on track again after going, being forced off the track. Again, without rehashing the past, one of the things that had been said, and I think by Sylvester himself, that um, the age he was when he appeared in the 1996 movie was actually would have been the right age for him to have been the doctor in terms yeah, of, he, you know, he'd been more mature and so on. Mm-hmm. I mean, his part was very small on that, but I think he did a great job, I, um, you know, and, and to credit to the producers of, of that TV movie, I mean, they, they did him up. I mean, he wasn't filled with question marks and he wasn't, you know, he had longer hair. He was more doctorish in a sense in, in, in that yeah. movie. So, um, but it also... I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to step on your words there. After you, sir. After you, sir. Well, I was just going to say Stephen Moffat also said that fans, you know, just getting back to the original point, that fans wouldn't let the series die. And in a sense, that turned out to be the case because uh, Russell T. Davies, you know, was a fan and and Stephen Moffat was a fan of the series. So it's really the fans, in a sense, grown up in those 16 years and and brought the series back, you know, and, uh, um, you know, and the fans didn't let it die. 
I really still think, though, that we, we needed the wilderness years in order for... It's it's like, you know, how can I miss you? How can I how can I tell you I miss you if you won't go away? Um, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Well, that's for me every week. Yeah. You, you, well, you, 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 coming back. you learn to appreciate it once it's gone. You, sometimes, what's yeah. that saying? You don't know what you have until you, lo- until you lose it. So, right. And I think the BBC also needed that. They needed to realize and look and see, hang on a second. We killed this show, what, 16 years ago? And they're still writing books. We've got licenses out for um, audios, uh, comics. What's going on? This show won't die. Doctor Who magazine is still going. There is no show. <laughs> you know, and then somebody comes along and says, hey, we want to bring back Doctor Who. Sure. Because <laughs> there's a market out for it, and there's no show. So, you know. But anyway, we've got, we've got current news to get to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Where's that somewhere, news somewhere the tea's getting cold. Yes. <laughs> well, my whiskey isn't. Let's get on with the news then. <laughs> well, <laughs> in our last episode, the news hound. Sorry. Last time on Doctor Who Podshock, uh, we had just finished recording, and we were talking about the upcoming mini episode, which was the Night of the Doctor, and we were saying at that time it would be this weekend, the coming up weekend, and little did we know hours after we finished recording that the BBC would release it, and they did release it, and what I did um, we'll talk about it further in this episode we'll do a mini review of the mini episode. In addition now there's another new mini episode that was just released Um, this one is called The Last Day, and it's available to my knowledge only on iTunes unless through other means it's gotten elsewhere but officially i think it's only available on itunes and it's a little kafu or whatever about it because there's um it's it's a it's free on the u.s itunes store but through some sort of error to my understanding it's not free outside of the u.s itunes itunes store so that in the uk and canada there actually was there was a, a price attached to it, and people. Well, I being, think in Canada there was a price attached, and then it was changed so that the people who rushed to get it. Oh, it was changed. Paid the fee, so I think in Canada it has been changed. Okay. The, the point was where, I mean, the, where the night of the doctor was virtually seven minutes. I think this is under four minutes. It's not. It's not the same level it's it's basically all takes place on on one on one set the the charge was you know astro, well not astronomic but considered american terms you know the sort of money that some people have paid to watch a, a five or ten year old movie you know a 90 minute movie uh, for what was a three or four minute episodes 295 at uh, two pounds 95 in the uk so we're we're getting heading towards um Four and a half dollars there, I would think, if it was converted and the, the, and people had to pay for it that way. What's really confusing, though, is that the Night of the Doctor was was released on YouTube, which is you know the BBC YouTube channel. Yet the last day was not, and also the Night of the Doctor is not available as of this time. As of this time of recording, is not available on iTunes. Yet the last day is. So it's you would think that there were I don't know I mean unless obviously if you're going to charge if if the charge was intentional then I can understand having an exclusive on iTunes but since it's uh, free available on iTunes I, I obviously there was some sort of deals worked out another interesting point is that the Night of the Doctor 
although available on YouTube, you cannot, if you go to the Apple TV has a YouTube channel, app, whatever you like to call it, you won't be able to find the Night of the Doctor on, on the Apple TV. You could find it on your iPad or iPhone and stream it using AirPlay. And that's what I did. And that's how, so it makes no sense. You can watch it on your Apple TV if you have one of the other iOS devices. So it's not like they're excluding Apple, but for some reason, it's not available on the Apple TV. If you go to the YouTube channel there, you won't find the Night of the Doctor there, but it's obviously on YouTube and you can stream it using AirPlay. Is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. There's some odd stuff going on. I think after the the, the missing episodes were, were put online on iTunes, we expected a lot of the content to start being delivered that way. Especially since there's a season pass mm-hmm. for all the stuff that's happening for the fiftieth. That everything would come through there. But yes, and we've yeah. got the uh, the the Save the Day site that's uh, releasing content. We've got stuff going up on the BBC YouTube channel, and now we've got stuff coming up on iTunes. It's it, it, it really makes for confusing marketing. Well, uh, it's also one place to get everything. Yeah, because it's it's hard for it's hard for fans to keep because the fans that want to keep on top of all this, it's it's you know it's sort of like a Easter egg hunt where you have to go looking at you know is it here is it there where is it yeah. and it would be just not, I mean you can get a season pass for the 50th anniversary collection on iTunes and it does include some free stuff as well like the last day at least in the US store it was one of the free content I think there's maybe one or two other things that that are free uh, like a, a Doctor Who Confidential they put in there for free uh, the rest of it's made up of the Doctor Who Revisited series some of the stuff goes back a few years. There's the proms. There's um, a collection of stuff. And w- what's in the description of that se- season pass is the um, an adventure in space and time is listed there. So that will, when it's available, that will appear in that collection. And also the 50th anniversary special, the the, um, the day of the Doctor, should be there as well. But the, the the science of Doctor Who is not in there, and that was on BBC America. So normally, like what, what's on BBC America eventually shows up on iTunes, but not always, as it seems. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that the the science one uh, first aired on BBC Three here in the UK. It didn't air on BBC One, which might just be a slight difference. I think it was a ge- genuine mix-up. I, I don't think it was intended this uh, this pay thing, but. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I can understand it. I mean, everybody's been overwhelmed by it. I mean, here in the UK, we felt mistreated, as I've said before, about what was coming out with the, uh, you know, the revisited and so on. One channel got the rights for it in the UK called Watch, uh, but that's a satellite channel. If you've only got terrestrial TV, uh, you couldn't get it. Maybe, just maybe, they've underestimated the clamour that the fans, the hunger, the thirst that fans have for things. I mean, it really has been brewing up very, very nicely. You can't move. I mean, uh, anybody who's trying to avoid spoilers, I take my hat off to them because, um, you know, you can virtually, you know, you, you you walk out of the room to get a cup of coffee or tea and come back in and there there's Matt Smith on your screen uh, in an ident or something. General Louise, Co- I call her General Louise Coleman, that's fine. I, uh, I'm going to continue to do that because I just don't think it sounds right calling her Jenna Coleman. It's like, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I still call her Jenna Louise as well. And until maybe there's a few episodes with her in the beginning credits, you know, with just Jenna Coleman, then maybe I'll get used to it. It's still, you know, it still says Jenna Louise Coleman. 
Actually, you can say JLC. <laughs> they were showing a, a clip on the Today Show of her being in uh, Return to Pemberley, this new remake uh, relating to that. But um, anyway, we we need to move on. There's lots of other bits and pieces. Well, you know, speaking of spoilers... I, I've got my bits and pieces caught <laughs> in a typewriter there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, uh, well before we get, get into the, the lost episodes, just um, backtracking what we're saying about spoilers and stuff being releases. Uh, just a note that that the BBC America Tumblr account uh, did a post and they suggested that you unfollow them during the 50th anniversary because they'll be posting spoilers. So if you don't want to see any spoilers, you know they're going to be hashtagging them. But you know if if you're using the let's say the the, the Tumblr app on your iPhone, you're not. It's just going to display the content. You're not going to be able to discern which is spoilery and which is not. So I, I don't know. I'm of the opinion is that if they know the content that they're going to post a spoiler and they're going to hashtag it spoiling, you know, as a spoiler, why not just wait on it until everyone has a chance to see the special and then start posting stuff that has spoilers in it. I mean, don't ask people to unfollow you. It just, I don't know, it just didn't seem right. Well, I, th- I think they're trying to show uh, grace here. Uh, I mean, they're not expecting people to unfollow them, but they, they, they then won't have a, you know, a barricade, uh, you know, a, a fallout of people, you know. Just don't show it, though. If, if, I mean, yeah, just show content. They were warned. I don't... No, just, I don't think they're expecting people to unfollow. They could just say they were warned, I think. I know, but it's just... They, okay, well, that's just like grace. saying... It hasn't been released... I, I'm, I'm going to take this gun. I'm going to take this gun and I'm going to shoot you. I'm just warning you ahead of time. So if you don't want to be shot, just you know, unfollow me. <laughs> you know, just don't shoot. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, it just boggles me. So it, I mean, it, and also like when the night of the doctor first came out, so many people were posting on Facebook, all over the social media about. Um, <laughs> Paul McGann back. That they chose that, the, the eighth the trouble, the freeze frame. The, the, yeah, they had the eighth doctor there. They had the you know the sisters, of, of the sisterhood of Karn. I mean, they, they, whatever treats and surprises that were there. Anyone that hadn't seen that that mini episode immediately after it was, I'm, I'm thankful for you two for letting me know about that. It was released before I, I hit the social networks. I had just woken up and I, and that was the first thing I did. Oh, you know, during breakfast was watching the night of the doctor, which was a, hang on there, Lewis, hang on. Did you wake up? Or were you brought back from the dead? Well, actually watching it, it felt like I was dreaming because it was, oh, sorry, sorry. Your four minutes, your four minutes is up. <laughs> My four minutes is up. <laughs> Because it it really felt like a dream. Like I had to pinch myself. Is this really? Oh, we'll get to that later. We're going to review the night of the doctor as well as the last day. And after our review of um, the night of the day, the day of the doctor. What are these titles with doctor? The night of the. the no, no, no. no the, the the name of the doctor. The day. The, the night day of the day. The bed of my doctor. The day. The night of the day of the last day of the day. <laughs> All right. Um, I tell you, he's vicious with that damn typewriter. <laughs> it's old tech. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it while we have it. Dave, you were saying? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Well, let it's, me go with one. Day. Let me go with one. One of the pieces of news just recently came out. Uh, Wednesday the 20th. That was yesterday. Well, for me it was. Terry Nation, honoured with blue plaque. Screenwriter Terry Nation is being honoured with the unveiling of a blue plaque at the house in Wales where he's born. You know, Wales is becoming rather 
pivotal place here in the UK. Although here in, uh, we've just had uh, Hull announced as the uh, the next uh, city of arts and culture, but uh, there's no doubt about it that uh, Cardiff and uh, I mean what I mean Russell T Davies he, he must have the key to Cardiff by now with all that he's done for them. Anyway, Terry Nation honoured with a blue plaque. Uh, do people in America know what a blue plaque is, by the way? It's Lewis? when you don't brush your teeth That's uh, for a, a long uh, time. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I got to credit Ian for that. Ian um, joked about that during our pre, <laughs> pre-show, our pre-show uh, preamble. Pre-show, you <laughs> It's all go here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what it is, it's like a historic plaque where where there have been houses that people in Port have lived. I mean, the nearest one to... In fact, there's two near me. Uh, by near, I mean within three miles. Uh, one is for Lowry, the painter. He's got I a... Know the, I know what the other what? one is. That's that one that commemorates the spot you killed the last dinosaur on. <laughs> Thank you very much. And the yeah, other one... Is that an account? Uh, for the sake of me, I can't remember. But the um, the the creator of Dan Dare, uh, that was uh, in the Eagle comics, he lived only about two or three miles from uh, where I am, and he has a blue plaque on his. So those are the two nearest ones to me. And it's uh, it, it used to be a ceramic plaque, but now obviously it's a brass plaque, but it's painted over, and it's basically somewhere for people to come and uh, pay homage, take the photograph, and so on. Hmm. Mm, excellent. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know he was Welsh. Right. Okay. Well, uh, well it doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean they were born. Ooh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, what I mean is, I mean, for instance, the, the, the Lowry one, that wasn't the place where he was born. It was a place where he did a lot of his art and lived for about 12 years. So there's probably, there might well be two plaques for Lowry, if you know what I mean, at mm. two different places. All right, well, very good. Well, congratulations to uh, to the Terry Nation estate, I guess, since um, Terry Nation's no longer with us. Yeah, he was he was born in 1930 near fellow writer Roald Dahl, uh, and Barton Greenwood suggested that he might have a yeah from ever gone. Mm-hmm. He might have been partial to to, to the Dahl. No, 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 no Dahl. When he came up with the word Dalek, it's... that's what I, Was I not just saying? I that? think he was going yeah, there because he grew up there. I, I thought that's where I was going. That's what, that's what the sign said. Oh, look at this map. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, so this this way to Dalek. <laughs> this way to Roldal Plus. <laughs> All right. It's around and then driving back home, Jeeves. It's nothing but fun here, folks. Oh! <laughs> Court and the typewriter. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, these... Rumors of lost episodes have been circulating for some time, and originally the the, the last batch of uh, rumors had a whole bunch of Doctor Who lost episodes being found. And um, even though there's nothing official yet, the, the latest rumors are once again re- reemerging about Marco Polo, and there's um, that this will be the next lost episode. Now, this is just a rumor. There's nothing official here. We have no inside information. This is just what's going on in the rumor mill. So please take a note of that. We, uh, don't really like to go too much in rumors, but only because the last time we had these rumors, it turned out that, you know, soon enough after that, the the Web of Fear and the Enemy of the World showed up. So let's um, 
hope that there's some truth to this. I have this. noticed a certain... I have noticed a certain amount of restraint now amongst fans. There was a warning after um, Web of Fear and, and um, Enemy of the World came out. That the reason why they were kind of trying to hush-hush things is because there were negotiations taking place. And they kind of alluded it, I think, that there was still were for not necessarily Doctor Who, because this isn't just about Doctor Who. There's other things that are being mm-hmm. found as well of cultural significance to um, to the UK. I, I really think the fans have kind of... I mean, the, the ideas out that they're still lurking out there that, that there might be stuff, but I think people are being a lot more restrained, even though we're all quietly sitting here rubbing our hands going, please, 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 please. One thing that I've, I've... I mean, I've seen a rumor last week that, you know, there's still a whole screed of them and they're all going to be announced the day after... Uh, well, no, right after the uh, the 50th anniversary special screens at the live after party. Who can say? I mean, again, rumor, conjecture, whichever. Um, I mean, but I have noticed, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a rumor in there myself. I was talking with uh, Charlie Kirchhoff on... Uh, Facebook today, and uh, he was complaining that his uh, copy of Moonbase uh, is not coming out to him. It's been delayed. It was supposed to be released, I think, uh, yesterday or today, and for some reason, Moonbase has been delayed. Hmm. I'm not saying anything more than interesting. So, well, just to be, just delayed. to let our listeners know, is that the Moonbase has oh, yeah. two episodes missing. It's a four-part story. And as of, well, you know, as of right now, until any official word saying otherwise, episode one and three are missing. They only have stills and fragments of those episodes in existence. Now, now, if we go back to the to those two other law stories that were found, they were Patrick Troughton stories. This is a Patrick Troughton story. And maybe that, that um, television station, you know, in Nigeria had... More than you know than what's you know what's been cleaned up and released so far. So, I mean, again, we're not saying that this is the case, but it's it's possible. Now, yeah, the, more, the least, more. Sorry, I was just saying more and more. I was just saying more and more. It seems as though the first two stories <laughs> that were released were just because they were far and away, presumably. You know the, the the nearest candidates for being released without too much work, but what what is really great to me, I think, apart from the fact that it's, we've got this timing of the fiftieth anniversary, um, I, I remember that um, is it it was too entertain. I don't know whether it's still too entertain that's bringing out the DVDs, but they'd they'd been speeding up the releases of the DVDs. The idea being that all the existing stories were to be released so that by the time we got to the fiftieth anniversary. All, all that we had would be on DVD. Remember, of course, this has all been done before, or lots of it been done before on VHS tapes, but now now we... I mean, they must have been thinking, what will we do now? You know, where am I going to do my uh, infotext if there's no new shows to come out? Well, right. luckily, the timing couldn't be better. You're to you, in. Mm. Yeah. Well, you only interrupted a really, really good joke. <laughs> what I want to know, what I want to know, is if they if they did find Marco Polo, did they find it by going around at um, TV stations in Ethiopia, going Marco? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Well, it had to be said. Well, you... well that's a Polo joke. So <laughs> and see, oh. 
I guess we'll have to wait and we see. Have polo streets in America. Yeah, yeah, I knew what your reference. I knew what the reference was. You know, John Levine played a Cyberman in um, the Moon Base, uncredited, and then he played a Yeti in the Web of Fear. So, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You yeah, know that, that uh, there has to be some sort of connection there. <laughs> All right. Well, and just cover up that dirty laugh of Ian's. Just say that um, slight, slight bit of news. If you're a collector, Radio Times have uh, really pushed the boat out this time. There's not having one or two collectors editions. There are actually 12 different copies of the Radio Times you can get uh, with 12 particular doctors on. Now, I'm going to leave you guessing as to which the 12th one is, uh, and I'm not going to say any names because there might be two possible choices for that one. Uh, they're looking great, and I've noticed as they're displayed here on the DrHumanNews.net site that um, the actual backgrounds overlap across some of them. Oh, so but, you can um, kind of piece them together. and Yeah. So you, you can buy yeah, all 12 yeah. and, and put them on your wall and make one big, um, you know, mosaic of them. Well, expensive mosaic. Yeah, well, I th- I th- see, this is, I mean, TV Guide in the U.S. does this often where they'll have, and they, they did this with Star Trek many times, they'll have multiple, you know, like the, the, the four captains or whatever on each cover to celebrate Star Trek, or they'll, they'll do these, like, multi-cover releases, and it's really, I mean, I mean, on one hand, it's great for fans, but on the other hand, it's exploiting fans because, you know, the completest fans going to buy all... 12 you know where where they would have only sold if they just did one cover they would have only sold one to that that ultra ultra ultimate fan now that ultimate fan will buy all 12 so it means you know more sales for them yep all right well we'll, we'll try to stay positive <laughs> always look on yes. the bright side of life oh side note there's going to be a, uh, a, a, a reunion. That's not Doctor Who news, but hey, hey. Oh well, yeah. John Cleese is John Cleese has been in Doctor Who, so yeah, it ties in. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Monty Python are uh, getting back together on stage uh, briefly for a reunion uh, stage. I don't know, this is a stage show. I'm not entirely sure what the show entails. Whether it's just them doing kind of a, um, you know, just gathering on stage for Q and A type, huh? you know, stuff, or whether it's going to be. There's going to be skits and stuff. And it's great And they news. still do skits when they've got walking frames. <laughs> well, that's a silly walk if I ever saw one. <laughs> yeah, it's because John Cleese's hip's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, John. I really am. <laughs> I'll never act in that town again. <laughs> All right, well... But as you can see, listeners, I mean, there's so much news. I don't, I don't know whether you want to actually cover any more... Yeah, well, I was just going to say. I was just going to say. I, I think that that's the thing is. I mean, this is going to be recording this on the twentieth. It's it's probably going to be out hopefully by the time of the, of the anniversary. So there'll probably be more news. You know, it seems like every time we get an episode out, there's something that comes out a few hours a few hours later. So I'm sure uh, there's something that will um, you know usurp the whatever news that we said in this episode. And um, and who knows? In post production, I may be adding more news to it. So. Uh, Oh, it, right, Samuel. Uh, hey, Lewis, what about that new episode they've just released? <laughs> Ian, didn't you think that was fantastic news? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was. Great. I can't believe it. I can't wait till everybody else gets to see it, because quite clearly we saw it first. Yeah, I didn't expect that one. I thought no. it was going to be that other one. And, and oh, that, that, but they showed... God, mind-blower. 
Mind yeah, me. excellent. Oh, yeah. The stills alone were worth it. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, nothing's going to... If that's what we're getting now, I mean, I can't wait till the 50th. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We've covered all the eventual. There we go. Now it, <laughs> it's all covered. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll be right back with our review of The Name of the Doctor... It's, it sounds like a, a, a game show all of a sudden. Like, can you name that doctor? All right. Well, Bob, we'll, we'll Bob, doctor, Bob. doctor, 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 doctor. Splendid chap, all of them. This is Peter Davison, and you're listening to the Doctor Who Podshock. Happy anniversary, Doctor Who fans, old and young and young and old and all in between ages as well. That's uh, one thing great about Doctor Who fandom is that it's, it spans all age groups, all countries, all borders. It's nothing o'clock right now on the 23rd of November. And that brings us to this week's Audible selection. Yes, Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 85,000 titles to choose from in all genres. Yes, including science fiction, and they do have a good supply of Doctor Who titles available. But if you're interested in thrillers or business, romance, comedy, they have those too as well. They play on all different types of things, including your iPhone, your Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. Now for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check them out. Now, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podchock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podchock for your free audiobook. And as I suggested at the beginning of this, our recommendation for the 50th anniversary, well, there's so much to choose from, but it's going to be nothing o'clock. It's a Neil Gaiman story. This is one of these stories that were developed for the 50th anniversaries. Um, it's narrated by Peter Kenny. And it's an 11th Doctor story. Let's take a peek. Or let's take a listen. Well, you can visualize it in your mind, so sort of like a peek. Let's listen to part of it right now. On Wednesday, 11-year-old Polly Browning put her head round her father's office door. Dad, there's a man at the front door in a rabbit mask who says he wants to buy the house. Don't be silly, Polly. Mr. Browning was sitting in the corner of the room he liked to call his office, and which the estate agent had optimistically listed as a third bedroom, although it was scarcely big enough for a filing cabinet and a card table, upon which rested a brand-new Amstrad computer. Mr. Browning was carefully entering the numbers from a pile of receipts onto the computer and wincing. Every half an hour, he would save the work he'd done so far, and the computer would make a grinding noise for a few minutes as it saved everything onto a floppy disk. I'm not being silly. He says he'll give you £750,000 for it. Now you're really being silly. It's only on sale for £50,000. And we'd be lucky to get that into Day's market, he thought, but did not say. It was the summer of 1984, and Mr Browning despaired of finding a buyer for the little house at the end of Clavisham Row. Polly nodded thoughtfully. I think you should go and talk to him. Mr Browning shrugged. He needed to save the work he'd done so far anyway. As the computer made its grumbling sound, Mr Browning went downstairs. Polly, 
who had planned to go up to her bedroom to write in her diary, decided to sit on the stairs and find out what was going to happen next. Standing in the front garden was a tall man in a rabbit mask. It was not a particularly convincing mask. It covered his entire face, and two long ears rose above his head. He held a large brown leather bag, which reminded Mr. Browning of the doctor's bags of his childhood. Now see here, began Mr. Browning. But the man in the rabbit mask put a gloved finger to his painted bunny lips, and Mr. Browning fell silent. Ask me what time it is, said a quiet voice that came from behind the unmoving muzzle of the rabbit mask. Mr. Browning said, I understand you're interested in the house. The for sale sign by the front gate was grimy and streaked by the rain. Perhaps you can call me Mr. Rabbit. Ask me what time it is. Mr. Browning knew that he ought to call the police, ought to do something to make the man go away. What kind of crazy person wears a rabbit mask anyway? Why are you wearing a rabbit mask? That was not the correct question. But I am wearing the rabbit mask because I am representing an extremely famous and important person who values his or her privacy. Ask me what time it is. Mr. Browning sighed. What time is it, Mr. Rabbit? he asked. The man in the rabbit mask stood up straighter. His body language was one of joy and delight. Time for you to be the richest man on Clavisham Row, he said. I'm buying your house for cash and for more than ten times what it's worth because it's just perfect for me now. He opened the brown leather bag and produced blocks of money, each block containing five hundred, count them, go on, count them, crisp fifty-pound notes and two plastic supermarket shopping bags into which he placed the blocks of currency. Mr. Browning inspected the money. It appeared to be real. I... He hesitated. What did he need to do? I'll need a few days to bank it, make sure it's real, and we'll need to draw up contracts, obviously. Contracts already drawn up, said the man in the rabbit mask. Sign here. If the bank says there's anything funny about the money, you can keep it and the house. I will be back on Saturday to take vacant possession. You can get everything out by then, can't you? I, I don't know, said Mr. Browning. Then I'm sure I can. I mean, of course. I'll be here on Saturday, said the man in the rabbit mask. This is a very unusual way of doing business, said Mr. Browning. He was standing at his front door, holding two shopping bags containing £750,000. Yes, agreed the man in the rabbit mask. It is. See you on Saturday, then. He walked away. Mr. Browning was relieved. To Once again, that's um, a Neil Gaiman story, his um, unique perspective on Doctor Who, uh, a fan favorite, Neil Gaiman. And this is... Nothing O'Clock, Doctor Who, Nothing O'Clock. It's an 11th Doctor story. And this could be a free audible selection that you can choose, or you could choose one of your own. Once again, to get your free audio book, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com 
slash Pachak for your free audiobook. Do you hear the whisper men? The whisper men are near. If you hear the whisper men, then turn away your ear. Do not hear the whisper men, whatever else you do. For once you've heard the whisper men, they'll stop and look at you. One word from you could save me from the rope. Then you may rely on my silence. I have information. Valuable information. Are you bargaining for your life? You have the blood of 14 women on your hands. There are no words that can save your neck. The doctor. Ah, yes. I know all about him. Your dangerous friend. How? In the battle of the world, there are whispers. If you know how to listen. The doctor has a secret, you know. He has many. He has one he will take to the grave. And it is discovered. Well. We can't let that terrible man live. He lives till I understand what he told me. We're going to need a conference call. I'll send out the invitations. You fetch the candles. Yes, Mom. Where's Strax got to? The usual. It's his weekend off. Oh, I wish he'd never discovered that place. All right, well, we're back with Dr. Pontrock, and last episode we reviewed The Snowman, which was the Christmas special of 2012 that came out December, December 25th of 2012, obviously. And, you know, we decided to jump forward to the finale of, the, of that series to the name of the Doctor, which was in May. And the reason being is that we're right now on the cusp of the the, the anniversary special, the 50th anniversary special, which picks up where this leaves off. So it made sense to lead into our next review, which will you know probably be the the, name, uh, the day of the Doctor, you know, with this episode. But what's interesting is is that this is pretty much, I think, and I'm going to borrow a term that Dave used, bookends. You know, because the the Snowman and and um, and this episode, the name of the Doctor, are pretty much bookends to the, the episodes that are sandwiched in between, because this pretty much is a almost like the Snowman Part Two, because uh, you see, there are many returning characters that you know that we saw in the Snowman are back in this episode, as you heard in that clip that we just played. Vastra's back, Jenny's oh, back. Oh, Lewis, you sh- you show great intelligence there. <laughs> well, I, I was a little help from my friends. I, I, I can show it. Uh, Strax returns, so it, it's they're, they're great bookends. And and thank you, Dave, for for that um, for letting me borrow that term. It's this this leads right into the fiftieth anniversary. Uh, it, it just, uh, just speaking of the snowman, I know we reviewed it last episode and we talked about some of the new things, um, including Matt Smith's face in the opening credits. And I, I just want to say that. If you blink, don't blink. But if you blink, you might miss it. I mean, they don't. They don't it, he's just there momentarily. So we'll, we'll see what they do with the next Doctor. Not not the not the Christmas special, but the, the actual next Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, obviously, um, Richard E. Grant returns as well um, as Dr. Simonin, Simonin and whatever is it? Not, not cinnamon and the the the, the um not the cinnamon <laughs> yeah not not the not the the herb it smells the nice it smells nice yeah. <laughs> it's not the spice <laughs> not the spice thank you so uh what else yeah so in a sense you know it opens up with some it's it was really interesting seeing this you know the first time because we see some cameos of other doctors in this story you know with Clara falling and you see some scenes with her with uh various other doctors some of them are um you know well they're, they're clips from previous stories which they've cgi'd her into and i like the way they they made her dress of the of the period which those episodes appeared so she she's um she's wearing like 1980s fashion with with um with Colin Baker and she's wearing seventies fashion when she sees um John Pertwee and so it's pretty interesting uh, seeing uh, these other even though I mean they're so just a bit like Ace so it was a bit like Ace at one point yes yeah yeah definitely the whole leather jacket thing going on <laughs> and of it course is. we 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 see Gallifrey we start off we uh, sit. Repair center or whatever it is at Gallifrey, and uh, a, a, a clip that all fans must have really been uh, just loved. Uh, in fact, the, the clip you played right at the beginning. Yes, the, the first doctor. Clara is um, giving the first doctor some guidance as to which TARDIS. And what I loved about that, by the way, is when it showed that TARDIS leaving, it was in the the, the base look for it which is like it's just like a tube it's like a cylinder mm -hmm. it doesn't have because uh, of course we know the chameleon circuit changed it into whatever it is but the default is like this sort of grey basic tube shape of the door right. um, and and they had done that which I thought was fabulous uh, some people might have thought what the heck's that falling but that's what it's like before the chameleon circuit yeah. switched on yeah. love that I mean, we've seen that before, you know, and that's what, like, the, the, the TARDIS would look like, you know, without the chameleon circuit engaged, you know, so it's, it's a nice touch there. And then now we see, because before this, we, you know, we knew the Doctor stole a TARDIS and uh, him and Susan went off on an adventure and kept on going or something like that to that nature. So, but we never knew exactly how old, you know, what the Doctor looked like at that time. So now, <laughs> you know, obviously they, they use footage from existing stuff. And so he, he does, does look, you know, it's not a young Doctor, first Doctor. It's, it's, it's William Hartnell as we know him as the Doctor. You know, and, and Susan's pretty much... This. I, I'm sure, that, sure there's some people listening and think, hang on a minute, doesn't this contradict, you know, the Doctor's wife, where where the, the TARDIS personality says, you know, she picked him. But yeah. um, uh, even even with that sort of change in the storyline, I love the fact that that, that uh, the very first thing that we see her... I mean, because it's, it's bookended, isn't it? Again, this particular episode, as well as you said, the series... Because we start with all the things that Clara's doing, and then we find out how that became possible at the end. So, um, right, because really, you, you get this bit here of uh, you're making a big mistake, and you're like, "What's she up to?" Um, but it's all cleared up at the end when, of course, you know, spoilers um, that uh, she says you're making a terrible mistake. You're, you're picking, you're taking the wrong TARDIS. Uh, 
because Simeon intervened. So you really could say that that, sh- that the terrorist still did pick the doctor. It's just ah, Simeon yeah. intervened and, and misdirected her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And so Absolutely. then Clara went back and fixed that. But to the TARDIS's point of view, she still picked him. You know. Yeah. So well done. Really, yeah. It really. It, 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 while it does mess around with it a bit, it's still from the TARDIS's point of view. He walked up to her. You know. Exactly. You're right. Because she's not. Here I am. She's not, here to she's fix <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's not fixing things that were broken. They weren't broken until the Great Intelligence stepped mm-hmm. in. They became broken and. Yeah, so we've got... Yeah. It was right, it was wrong, it was right again. It's like quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> when things are right, there's one foot wrong, hoping each time will be to leap home or into... Yeah, anyway, we'll get to that. Well, well Clara... It's, it's a great little episode. The, uh, the, opening, the, op- the opening's great, and the conference call is funny, and the fact that <laughs> for a lonely sun tower and trapped on Earth... There's only place to go to be with similar people <laughs> in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, I Master makes a comment saying, I, I wish he never found or discovered that place. Because <laughs> uh, obviously he's spending a lot of time there. He's having an awful lot of fun. <laughs> I did have that issue when I first watched it of how he could get up to Scotland in a weekend from Victor- in Victor- sort of Victorian London. But we don't know what device he has to actually get himself up there quickly and back. They, they do have uh, some some equipment. I mean, when we saw them last, uh, he had some equipment left over because he was uh, trying to save uh, Clara uh, from Jenny. dying. Jenny. Jenny. Mm, oh, yeah, that's true. That his, um, oh, sorry. It was in this episode. The, the saves Jenny. Yeah. 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 In the snowman, he had uh, equipment he was trying to save Clara at the yeah. very end there. Yeah. So we do know he has some tech. So it is quite possible he's got a teleport device or a. You know, fast potato device or something. <laughs> yeah. Potato shooter. That's it. It's a potato gun. Fires potatoes. Great speed. <laughs> so there's Across another the there's another sequence later on where Clara, you know, once again we see her falling and visiting the other doctors and um but to my recollection, to unless I missed it, we see all the doctors except for eight. We don't. I, I don't think there's a. I don't know if it's if maybe there was um, rights issues with there's the movie. Or see the back of the head of one. Right. Well, there's, so, a scene where there's a scene where she's where on the planet or on the surface, and they're kind of running by her. Is that what you're talking about? Like right. Just before you, just before you see um, the second doctor running by, mm-hmm. when they open that scene up and you see her standing there. A figure briefly crosses the camera. Yeah. Everybody basically has said that's, that's eight. eight. Yeah. And it, it goes without say. We already saw it at this review, but it goes without say. If you made it this far, spoiler alert. You know. <laughs> I mean, we're assuming you've seen it already. You know. So it's um. Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. So we're assuming you, you've seen the name of the doctor just before we go any further, because obviously the, the spoils here. It's, it's been, what, six months, seven months since it was... Um, well, yeah. well, I've got no more spoilers now, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, okay. in that opening clip, you hear the, this uh, prisoner, what was his name again? Um, Clarence DeMarco. And he has this information about the doctor's grave and... Um, unless this is resolved in the next episode, 
to my understanding, we still don't know who he is, how he got this information. You know, how did he? He had at the time space coordinates as well. He heard it from the Whispermen. He's heard it from he, the Whispermen told him. Is that where? I had, that's how he found out. No, yeah. Not told him directly, but, but he picked whispered it in his ear. Pick it up in someone. Okay. But why would the yeah, whisper, why would the Whispermen tell was, him? I mean, oh, so he could round up the the cast of characters and get all this in motion, I guess. Right. The the thing that which it, it kind of bugs me is that before this was released, before this episode came out. There was a little uh, mini-sode um, teaser uh, with the Whisperman um, kind of tormenting him in his cell. That's right. You uh, missed that out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And basically, so they enlist him to to then call on you know, Madame Astra and inform her. So that means they'll have this this conference call and all blah, the same blah, blah, house. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Yeah. So, so it was it was set up to bring them together. Okay, so we may not see or have him mentioned again in in the, um, the day of the doctor. Right, I, I, I'm thinking his his part's done, but yeah, okay. yeah, where we where we get left at the end of this episode, kind of, we're not entirely sure how we're going to get out of where we're left. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I know we're jumping ahead here, but where this ends, you know, I when this first came out, you know, back in May, I just assumed the 50th anniversary special will pick up immediately where this ends because it's sort of like a cliff, not really a cliffhanger, but sort of like a cliffhanger. But from the scenes that we've seen of the 50th anniversary special, it seems like it's um, it, it doesn't pick up immediately or, you know, maybe it does and then it says maybe six months to, you know earlier you know because it seems I mean there were some preview clips that were released and again we're going to assume that you've seen these you were with the doctor and Clara in a museum and um, the, the latest one the doctor says oh this is where I come in and it's obviously him jumping into some sort of portal where he meets up with well again spoilers the 10th doctor I'm, so I'm, I'm, but, but again it, it doesn't explain the fact that how clara is with the doctor because as far as we well, i'm assuming this takes place uh, before well that's why I'm, I'm assuming this may i'm assuming that takes place before the name of the doctor i'm assuming maybe the, the name of the doctor uh, the, the the day oh, i wish these titles were just, weren't so similar I wish, I'm assuming on Saturday when we see the, yeah, the day never, of the Doctor. Yeah, they never did that before with Remembrance of the Daleks. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, no, they never did but, it again. Yeah. But they were usually relegated to Dalek episodes and they were separated, from, you know, at least within a season apart from each other. Um, so anyway, so in the day of the Doctor, I'm again, I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing, I'm assuming it may pick up immediately after the, the, the night... No, of uh, the, the name of the doctor. No, but if it if it doesn't, but it no, may the name of the day of the doctor. It, it, it may just have a flashback or whatever. You know, like it may go like, you know, six months earlier or one year before that or, or whatever. Uh, most likely six months um, before that. You know, and they'll have like an adventure with Clara and the doctor. This is before the night. You know, in other words, that scene takes place before the name of the doctor. That's my assumption. I don't know. It's just speculation on my part. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I maybe I'll, I'll just shut up. Doctor Who never makes any sense, especially from Timey wimey. Well, it may do because in in this episode, the actual 
again, we're jumping ahead, but the actual climax, we see, you know, John Hurt as the next Doctor. The Doctor and Clara see the face of this John Hurt Doctor, whoever number, whatever number he is. But in the actual um, minisode, when they show somebody approaching the 10th and the 11th Doctor, which, of course, is the John Hurt character, they don't recognise him. The 11th Doctor doesn't say, oh, you're the one I saw, you know, inside my time stream. doesn't say that. So, so it is possible that it was before then. Yeah, it's all very difficult. But it's great. Um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want oh, to be no. able to solve it. Oh no, no. Um, but to sidestep and kind of take us back from the brink a bit there, um, yeah. got to be the best goodbye for for River Song. I kind of hope that we we leave it there because um, it's very nice and and um, not overplayed. Mm-hmm. It very very well be the last time that they talk, and it would work. As much as I love Alex Kingston and I love seeing her and and Doctor Who as River Song, uh, this would be a really nice finish to the Doctor's relationship with River. Well, you know, she well, never had she closure. Make a comment, and this gives her closure. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I was going to say she does make a comment to Clara in this that uh, the Doctor doesn't like endings and mm-hmm. he's put me in this library. Right. The implication being that she can be pulled out of the library whenever she's needed. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily be no, seeing the last of her. Well, at the end there, before before he says goodbye to her, he said that she shouldn't really still exist. Yeah, because she's still connected um, we're to assuming Clara. assuming that, 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 that at Trenzalore... That time period is well in advance of where you know she died and went into the the library computer, but basically the doctor infers that her that that file basically should have deteriorated by now and she shouldn't still exist, uh, but she does. But she's holding on to say goodbye one last time. So, well, I I, 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 I well, all I'm saying is, if this is the last time we see her, it's well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not be opposed to seeing her again because I think she's fantastic and uh, well, got a huge crush on. I think we might see her again because in in one of those things, when we've been arguing about what face we saw reflected, mm. I've been wondering whether the face we saw reflected was the girl from the library, the young um, Ka- uh, Cal from the library. Of course, she'd be now about fourteen or fifteen. She'd be a little bit more grown up. We're talking about that 50th trailer glass ball thing again. Yeah, maybe that, but I'm, I, I got a feeling that we saw her face somewhere. But um, maybe we want, uh, we want to rein ourselves in a little bit at this point, Lewis, and perhaps go back to an earlier clip. Assuming this letter will have reached you as planned on April the 10th, 2013, please find and light the enclosed camera. It will release a soporific which will induce a trance state, enabling direct communication across the years. However, as I realize you have no reason to trust this letter, I have taken the liberty of embedding the same soporific into the fabric of the paper you are now holding. <laughs> Speak soon. So glad you could make it. Where am I? Exactly where you were, but sleeping. 
Time travel has always been possible in dreams. We are awaiting only one more participant. Oh, no. Not the one with the gigantic head. It's hair straps. <sighs> hair. Madam Vastra. Professor, help yourself to some tea. Why, thank you. How did you do that? Disgracefully. <laughs> ah, perhaps you two haven't met. This is the Doctor's companion. Uh, that is... his current travelling assistant. Assistant? Have you got a darker green? Clara Oswald. Professor Riversong. The Doctor might have mentioned me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he has. Professor Song. Sorry, it's just I, I never realised you were a woman. Now, wasn't this a surprise at the time? I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't known that she was coming no, back? Yeah, it wasn't a surprise, no. No. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty surprise. <laughs> well, She's coming I... back nearly as many times as Rose did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the wonderful thing is that most of these, of course, uh, all of her appearances in this episode are, are, are studio-bound, so it's a lot easier for them to get away with it. Uh, but a nice surprise, yeah, her showing up at the, the table. Because um, you think... It's going to be the doctor. Well, I, on this conference call, well, and and you you assume that the next person they bring in will be the doctor. And well, you get really thrown off because Strax says, "Oh, the one with the big head," and you're thinking, "Oh, well, you know, <laughs> you think a big head's a Doctor Who." I mean, you think you think Santoran, so <laughs> it's not. It's obviously not a Santoran, but no. yep, really good. And, and, and putting <laughs> putting the soporific in the the fabric of the envelope. <laughs> sneaky sneaky I like that oh that was funny that was funny since you have no reason to trust us <laughs> oh, some nice nice good comedy in this it was a nice touch fun, yeah like you know yep yeah it's it's a decent episode yeah I what with this one actually I, I but then again of course yeah, anything with Clara in it I'm pretty much okay <laughs> oh I'm easy there's one episode that we'll get to. I don't know when we'll get to it. And I, for those that are questioning, we're not just going to be reviewing older episodes. I mean, obviously, whenever there's a new episode, that will take precedence. So obviously, um, we're going to be reviewing the, the Day of the Doctor and then the Christmas special when they're released. So even though we're backtracking and covering episodes, we're reviewing episodes that we missed while um, I was recovering from Sandy. You know, it's not just going to be that. We also have the, the Patrick Troughton's Lost Stories that we're going to review. So uh, for those that may be turned off to the fact, oh, that we're just going over, you know, stuff from last year or whatever. And that it's actually earlier this year. It's not even, I mean, the snowmen were from last year. But this is just episodes that took place six months ago, whatever. So anyway, just. I don't know, Lewis. You and Sandy in those summer nights, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he showed off slashing so around, you know. <laughs> yeah, going back to this episode, I mean, uh, looking at the appreciation index. Appreciate? Appreciate? Yeah. 88 <laughs> got. Um, uh, just under 8 million, 7.45 million uh, watching it when others were taking into account. But a very well-crafted episode. I mean, uh, we, we are jumping about one uh, quite a bit with this episode, but... Um, I, ju I just loved it. Um, the, the, the scene you've seen there, uh, we've just uh, had the, the clip from, and then, and then what happens? Well, 
move us on, Lewis, a little bit. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll sort of we'll, we'll keep. Uh, 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 please stop it, Doctor. Unhappy, sir. Leave him alone. Let him be. Don't worry, sir. I think I've got him rattled. Doctor, please. The TARDIS can still hear me. Lucky thing, since in indoors as being so useless. Why did you open the door, sir? I had them on the run. I didn't do it. I didn't say my name. No, but I did. Is everyone all right? Is everyone okay? Clara, Clara, <coughs> are you okay? That was not nice. No, no, I know. I'm sorry. Now then, Dr. Simeon, or Mr. G. Intelligence, whatever I call you, do you know what's in there? For me, peace at last. For you, pain everlasting. Won't you invite us in? So we're on Trenzalor now. This is the tomb of the doctor. And just how big is the TARDIS tomb? Now, when I first saw this, I... Unfortunately, I, I, this was during, um, I was still um, displaced after the storm, and I was watching this on a, on a standard definition TV, and I didn't realize the scale of the TARDIS tomb. I just thought it was this. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, massive. I, I, yeah. I, it wasn't well, until inside, now that I rewatched it that I, I realized that this is a massive TARDIS. I thought it was just the, the, the full-scale, ordinary height TARDIS. You know that was turned into his no, tomb. No, the, the inside's supposed to be leaking out yeah. and enlarging it. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that reference where she says she said the name uh, takes us all the way back to Silence in the Library yeah. when she first whispers meets him and whispers yeah. something in the ear, and we're all thinking what she whispered, <laughs> uh, and the assumption was she must have mentioned something like his name. This confirms that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's now it's pretty interesting. Here you have an adversary. Now this goes back to my snowman review that you know that, that I thought the weakest part of the, the snowman was the adversary, was the villain, was the, the um, you know that aspect of the story. So here you have an adversary that manages to erase the doctor. And by the way, that that him his past being erased sort of reminded me of the five doctors of Peter Davison. You know, losing his past selves. You know, saying you know the the, the sum of himself is is. is the part, whatever I can't remember yeah. the quote now, but you, you saw him slowly deteriorate, and it, and what Matt Smith did here when he fell to the ground sort of reminded me of, of that. It was, it, it, it was a nice feeling. It seemed like it was in sync with when he was the fifth Doctor, and when his past selves were being pulled out of you know himself. You know, it was sort of that same effect. So, but here you have a villain that that manages to erase the Doctor from all time and space. And it's not the master, it's not the Daleks, it's, who would have guessed it's the great intelligence? I mean, he was, I mean, yeah. this was, I mean, going, it was two stories to my understanding, you know, to Patrick Troughton's era that are lost stories, and now all of a sudden it has so much significance. And, I mean, Richard E. Well, Grant and, and so did a great job, thing. yeah. I'm sorry. Well, the, well first of all, the, the thing is, he's now at his full potential. You know, in the snowman, it, he was trying to find 
a body, a vessel for his intelligence. And, of course, the doctrine actually enabled this because with, with, with uh, Dr. Simeon himself actually dying, he could then inhabit that body. So he's now both got the intelligence and he's got this, um, you know, a, a body to move. I think that uh, the whole thing goes all the way back t to that. Sometimes we try and weave too elaborate a thing to it, but I think the connection is definitely there with the the five doctors. the The other thing is that the um, Madam Vastra says a couple of times that um, you know uh, the doctor's dying with us in London. Then no, he's dying at there, and and it's her that gives us this reference that in all these uh, things that had happened where the doctor was winning. He was now losing. The only thing I can think about that might have worked better is we, we've got these whispers, but we had the silence. I mean, it's, it's almost a pity that the whispers and the silence weren't the same characters mm -hmm. because that would have also brought us back into the impossible astronaut and so on. I was actually expecting it to be the silence. When, when they first appear, that was the first thing that came to my mind until I realized it wasn't, it wasn't the, the, you know, the, the silence. But you're right, it would have been a nice tie-in. And... Because they were supposed to be affecting human evolution all the way, weren't they, in a sort of quietly doing things behind the scenes. And they left all this hanging about, was there a, was there a silence in the TARDIS, new blue TARDIS? Uh, we've never got the... Oh, I'm raking up old stuff, I shouldn't, I'll stop now. Yeah, we're, 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 that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the problem. Don't do that. We keep breaking off into tangents on everything. The one thing I found that was interesting about this is the way they deal with the Doctor's death. When a Time Lord dies, that because they're so, depending on how far they've, and widely mm -hmm. they've traveled, they become, uh, their remains basically are this uh, tangled time stream yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the thing that bugs me about it, I guess, is that it could be entered. It's like, oh, well, it's just a bit inconvenient, isn't it? You go to their grave and you, you trip. Whoa, where am I? Well, they wouldn't have done, of course, because the TARDIS wouldn't have opened for anybody other than the fact that Riversong opened it. And it was great that Madame Vastra went out and saw that these planets were disappearing because those are the planets that the Doctor had saved you know, over his time, you know, 1,000, 1,200 years, is it now? Well, well maybe yeah. it's... Um, but, the, but, but I'm just saying to Ian's point that maybe um, because the Time Lords don't exist anymore, maybe that's the fact. Maybe if the Time Lords are still around, they would be inserted into the Matrix and they would sort of maybe live on that way. I, I mean... Sure. Yeah, maybe this is normal for a Time Lord, maybe... But, and the other interesting thing is that when we see the interior of the TARDIS, it's it's the current interior. When we when that scene that takes place, when you see the scar tissue and I mean, uh, the ripples in time, whatever you want to call that that thing they they enter, it's I mean obviously they can't future they can't decide what we have to assume the Doctor dies somewhere in the future, and it's not the eleventh Doctor, it's some other Doctor that dies. But the interior, he's constantly changing the interior. So the interior, I mean, of course, the production team... Ah, couldn't... ah but they are stored. I mean, yeah, I... are, I, I, are I, stored, I, so... I changed my wall. So maybe the TARDIS intentionally used this interior because the 11th Doctor entered it and it wanted to make the 11th ah, Doctor feel at home. Yeah, yeah. There we go, that works. There you go, that's the ticket. When, when, when you do go in there, the, the, the actual uh, the console's missing. So um, it is 
a room that does resemble the mm-hmm. console room. There is right. no console in it. Yeah. It's overgrown, and so it could very, very well be one of the archived rooms just without the console. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I change my wallpaper, but often I'll put wallpaper on my desktop that's, you know, wallpaper I had only a year ago, two years ago. So, But I think I think your point's better, Lewis, that on entering, uh, the TARDIS responded to which Doctor was entering mm-hmm. or which alliteration of the Doctor was entering and made a, you know, suitable home for him in that sense. Well, and, and that also brings us well, to... We, we need to move... We need to move on. <laughs> well, it also brings us to the point that when Clara's falling through it and he, she meets up with all these other doctors, you know, except for one that she doesn't see until the end, which we'll get to, but she, there's no 12th doctor that, you know, we know of who that is now, but there's no future doctors. And if he has more than 12 regenerations, wouldn't Clara have to save them as well? <laughs> um, I'm wondering if that has something to do with still not being able to you know, cross uh, one's own time stream into for her to go into the future of the Doctor. I don't know. I know something. And like you can argue as well. The Great Intelligence couldn't have messed about with future Doctors because they haven't happened yet. So you could but, only. But, they ha- but this is his grave. They had to have happened. They, uh, he's dead. No, because now that La- uh, Clara has as 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 resolved the issue. It's it's one possible future for the Doctor. I mean, presumably, if we're going to have more Doctor adventures, he didn't die. So this timeline comes to an end at this point. I don't know, my head's going to explode. Do you want to play a final clip from this story? <laughs> yeah, before, before, before we explode him. <laughs> this is what I've already done. You've already seen me do it. I'm the impossible girl. And this is why... Whatever you're thinking of doing, don't. If I step in there, what happens? The Time Ones will tear you into a million pieces. A million versions of you, living and dying all over time and space. Like echoes. The echoes could save the Doctor, right? Well, how about that? I'm Souffle Girl after all. No. Please. If this works, get out of here as fast as you can. And... Spare me a thought now and then. No. Dara. In fact, you know what? Run. Run, you clever boy. And remember me. Which is a key phrase that uh, turns up, you know, in her various carnations. I think that was a very, very satisfying end. And then we see, of course, we see all those scenes where she's reappearing like she did at the beginning. One of the things that, I mean, I like Russell T. Davies in many ways because he sets up great stories. I'm talking about, the, I'm not talking about Stephen Moffat, I'm talking about Russell T. Davies. Mm-hmm. But his endings were always a bit naff, where to me this was a well-rounded, you know, the, the circle's completed. Uh, the only thing, the only issue I have is what you said earlier on is where the next story um, is going to start because... At the moment, we've got the Doctor presumably going to recover from Clara's intervention. Mm-hmm. Clara is now still spread around the timelines, so they've got to find some way of reuniting them, unless, as you, as you say, the Doctor's a la uh, Sharda, 
ripped out of his own timeline at an earlier point. Uh, yeah, we don't know where that's how that's going to resolve itself. Now, at, at the end of I this, you, yeah. you, you see the doctor inside his own timeline rescuing Clara. I mean, uh, that's where we meet up with this other doctor that that is well. I'm, is 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 that in the last clip here, Dave? Number seven. Yeah. Uh, well, let's find out. Who's that? Never mind. Let's get back. Uh, who is he? It's me. There's only me here. That's the point. Now let's get back. I never saw that one. I saw all of you. Eleven faces. All of them are you. You're the eleventh doctor. I said he was me. I never said he was the doctor. Oh, I don't understand. My name. My real name. That is not the point. The name I chose is the doctor. The name you choose. It's like, it's like a promise you make. He's the one who broke the promise. Here's my secret. What I did, I did without choice. I know. In the name of peace and sanity. But not in the name of the doctor. Introducing John Hurt as the doctor. So that was a jaw, you know, chin on your uh, chin on the floor type moment, wasn't it? Didn't like the text, but seeing an actor of that caliber suddenly—I mean, I didn't know anything about it. I, yeah. I thank goodness watched that. Uh, completely unknown. Ian, had you been spoiled on that one or not? I had seen a picture of John Hurt, um, <laughs> but at the time we did, didn't know who or what he was. I did hear some rumors, but I wasn't expecting to see him at the very, very end of that episode. You know, um, it wasn't expected to see him until the fiftieth. So for him to show up at the end of that episode, while a surprise, was annoying because we had the lettering. Just yeah, well, the text kind of, was a bit overhanded. I mean, we didn't need the text really there. Yeah. And it seemed like it was sort of like just baiting fans, you know. So, well, Matt Smith is then leaving, you know, and, and this is the new doc. I mean, who is he, you know? And, you know, and we we know. Well, it might be a we, generational thing. We, we know now. I mean. Some younger people probably. <laughs> I mean, we. Oh, sorry, we, you're talking about. Which doctor is not what yeah. the actress? Well, yeah, well, that's what I meant. That, that's what? what I meant. Which doctor was he? You know, what, what regeneration is he? You know, was he a, a future doctor? Was he, you know, the, or, or a past doctor? Was he? Was he the doctor before he took? He assumed the, the name the doctor. doctor. You know, this is before obviously the mini episode, the, the Night of the Doctor, was came out. So that that sort of answers right. that question. Well, uh, just, just to just stay on ta- on Dalek for a moment. <laughs> one of the things that the great intelligence said earlier before this was the Doctor will take many names: Storm, Beast, mm-hmm. Valyard. Yeah. So yeah. those were named in it. Mm. And this is the first time the Valyard is mentioned since um, since the, the Colin Baker era, which was obviously a red. He- well, I mean, not obvious. The, the likelihood is the the word Valyard was mentioned. As a red herring or a, you know, a, you know, just uh, 
throwing it out there. A finger on the nose to mm-hmm. fans saying, yeah, 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 you believe he's the value. Yeah, that'll keep us happy for a bit. Misdirection. He's a wonderful woman. <laughs> Misdirection. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> So, yes, some interesting concepts in in this story. Um, We all have a grave waiting for us somewhere in the future, which is a bit chilling there when you think about it. So even, uh, you know, obviously a time traveler as well. So We know Dave does. I plan being here a lot longer, matey. Don't worry about that. I'm sure Dave is going to outlive us all. Another another 30 years at least, Ian. (laughs) You better. That's a promise. If, actually, I, I, I think in about 20 years, it'll be me and your son doing the couple of <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not saying which one either. It might be the youngest. Oh, dear. He's got an infamy. Infamy! <laughs> so, uh, I think since we've got other things to cover... Yeah, we'll, we'll we, give our... Do you want us to sum up on that or not? Yeah, yeah I think we can, we can give our overall ratings... Uh, I guess I'll jump in and just say, uh, I mean, for the importance of this story, for the, the um, everything that it has going for it, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, there are a few little things I could nitpick, whatever. Like, you know, the, the TARDIS prevents him from going to Translore and, and then stops full halt right before the planet. And then, you know, he turns off the anti-grav on the TARDIS to make it fall. And he used the sonic screwdriver. Couldn't he just go to the console and do something? I, I just wish this sonic screwdriver wasn't a wand, a magic wand that does everything. And you would think that TARDIS would have prevented the sonic screwdriver from doing it, that he would have to manually do something to turn off the anti-grav to prevent the TARDIS from, you know, interfering. But anyway, it's a, it's a nitpick. So minus the nitpicks and all that, I fully enjoyed the episode. It was compelling. It was interesting. Again, not without floors, but I'll, I'll give it a five TARDIS groans. We're Doctor Who fans, and we can nitpick to the end of, end of time itself. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's good. We, we, got, uh, we got to see all of our Doctors, you know, running past camera. I thought the running was actually done very, very well. Yes. Um, yeah. Hats off to the, the runners, because they managed to capture... I mean, if you watch the, the, the fourth Doctor running by... It's like Tom Baker's running by the camera. So they managed to capture, you know, the essence of, of them running, uh, which is a famous trait of the Doctor. It's so, an awful lot of running yeah, in Doctor Who. Good job. <laughs> yeah, an awful lot of running to do. Hmm, sounds like a good uh, good thing for a truck song. <laughs> well, well I, I loved it. I mean, first of all, the other thing is when, when, when they did get inside the TARDIS, uh, Clara's memory started to come in back of her earlier uh-huh. lives uh-huh. as well, and we had some flashbacks there, which were great. We got to see Bessie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the third daughter. Uh, no, uh, this is near... If you're ever going to give... If if you're a fan and you're ever going to give a Doctor Who episode a five out of five TARDIS groans, this, I would think, must be that episode. Five out of five. I'm not going to quibble, argue... Uh, try and beat you down or whatever. Uh, straight five <laughs> out of five. And uh, again, we got we got uh, Clara in all those different outfits. I mean, what's not to like? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I like the way they they made her. Like I said earlier, they they blended her into the period. You know, so um, it was interesting. 
It's also interesting seeing the second doctor running, you know, with palm trees and all that. You know, he's with his big. He's he's in that fur coat that he has. But his yeti coat on. Yeah. His yeti coat on. Yeah. Well, just just to spoil it for for you, it's from the five doctors. Ah, when, when they're running from. The, oh uh, yeah, yeah, but but not the palm trees. Running from the. The, the um what's yeah, they, yeah so they lifted the, the, that video that 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 bit out of the yeah no I I recognize that but the, the palm trees were not obviously there <laughs> no no which is odd that they put them there I don't know if that has any bearing on any of uh, any of like the missing adventures or anything like that you know uh, the doctor running around in what what was it California who knows yeah. who knows something somewhere with palm trees. All right. Well, I guess that's gonna we're gonna that was May, and now we're gonna fast forward to last week, which was the the really surprising release. I mean, we again in our last episode we said that the night of the Doctor was gonna be a mini episode coming up this weekend, and it turned out that they released it earlier. But no one would have expected it to be such cause such a uproar, a positive uproar among Doctor Who fandom and. You know, all the social networks were buzzing you know, with excitement and um, and joy because, and again, um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, we're going to assume you've seen it. And so spoilers are after this, uh, you know, when when we see the doctor, but it wasn't the doctor we were expecting. <laughs> Help me, please. Can anybody hear me? Please take the nature of your ailment or injury. I'm not injured, I'm crashing. You don't need a doctor. A clear statement of your symptoms will help us provide the medical practitioner appropriate to your individual needs. I'm trying to send a distress signal. Stop talking about doctors. I'm a doctor. But probably not the one you expected. Yes, but you'll be perfectly safe, I promise you. Don't touch me! I'm not part of the war. I swear to you, I never was. You're a Time Lord. Yes, I'm a Time Lord, but I'm one of the nice... Get away from me! Well, look on the bright side, I'm not a Dalek. Who can tell the difference anymore? Cast! It's deadlocked. Don't even try. Cast, just open the door. I'm trying to help. Go back to your battlefield. You haven't finished yet. Some of the universe is still standing. I'm not leaving this ship without you. We're not gonna die right here. Best news all day. Yes, yes. Wow, pretty exciting stuff. I mean, um, if you could find fault in this episode, it may be that the fact that it was only a, um, a short six-minute episode. I mean, it, how fantastic if this would have been a full-length episode. 
<laughs> it's it's, well, it's a, almost seven minutes, six forty nine. Okay, seven minutes. It's still. I mean, um, they packed a lot into that. I mean, it, it's. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. It's. You know, if you have so many things going for it. You have well, you have Paul McGann back, who had so little screen time with only the TV movie, and um, you know we had, you know, of course we had the audio adventures, which is interesting because he he um, mentioned some of the companions he had in those audio adventures, which were done by Big Finish, and they also went out on Channel um, Seven uh, on the uh, uh, the radio channels, Radio Seven, BBC Radio Seven. Some of those adventures went out, so. Um, if you yeah. if you will the radio series Can and I the big finish Lewis? yes just interrupt just get ian's take on it quickly yes ian um sorry i do have to i have to duck out unfortunately um he, his time a, stream uh, he's pulling yeah, he's, he's being pulled out of his time stream eddie's in the time space continuum i don't know how he keeps getting in there somebody keeps unlocking the door um this was fantastic uh dave alerted me to well, asked me if I'd seen it, and uh, I hadn't, and hadn't realized quite what it was when it came out. Because, um, as we said during the news, we weren't expecting this until like um, children in need. Uh, but after watching the first thirty seconds, I uh, paused the video, swore at Dave, <laughs> <laughs> and then continued on watching it. Well, uh, the, the one thing this has caused is, is, is people are now clamoring for. Uh, oh, uh, some kind of web series. Yeah, you know, web they series, want more you know, Paul McGann. Half-hour episodes, you know, with with, with Paul McGann in it. Um, uh, I did not know that those were the, that was the Sisterhood of Curran when I commented yeah, on the... Yeah, uh, well, you were poo-pooing the idea. <laughs> you were saying, well, oh, just I mean, because they're in red dresses doesn't mean they're a sisterhood. Come on, people. <laughs> I know, exactly. I, I had no idea, and so it was, it was nice to be proved wrong. Um, I did have a small problem with the fact that they didn't quite get the costuming right. Yeah, well, I'm assuming they, they, it's changed over um, the years. Yeah, yeah just, they, just like the Cybermen, different tailor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly, um, and that they weren't in like uh, they were in like a cave. It's like, well, where's your, you know, where's the, uh, the temple you were in before? Well, who, who knows about, about the time war? What? Oh, I know. Well, I, I know. know. I How long is the time war? On? <laughs> um, but, when all else I, fails, blame the time war. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Uh, but I mean, that's that's that fanish nitpicking. Um, it was fantastic. You know, seeing Paul McGann on the screen again, uh, seeing that regeneration begs, of course, the question: Are we going to see? Because it's always been the question: the the, the you know the uh, McGann to Eccleston regeneration. Now we've seen the McGann to Hurt <laughs> regeneration. We still need to see now the Hurt to to Eccleston, uh, and. Uh, uh, Steve Moffat's a sly man. He managed to keep the secret. Uh, he did mention in, a, in, a, in an interview that he's a completist um, and likes to tick all the boxes. So uh, I wouldn't put it past him to, uh, to to have something up his sleeve. Who knows? So I'm not promising anything. I don't know anything. I'm just saying, you know, if they manage to pull the wool over our eyes on this one, then who knows what's possible. So you're saying that uh, we may see that? I will but... leave it at that. And, I'm sorry. And, and, and carefully and quietly duck out and leave these two gentlemen on their own to, uh, to flounder without me. Well, thank you, Ian. I appreciate, appreciate you staying as long as you did. <laughs> Not a problem, sir. It's always a delight. Until next time. Until next Cheers, time. Man. Take care. Cheers. Thank you, bro. Bye. Goodbye, Ian. <laughs> <laughs>
bite again. <laughs> so yeah, it's. I, I guess what it, Ian may have been alluding to is that maybe we'll see uh, the John Hurt. You know, we don't the the non the the warrior doctor. Well, he's not the doctor. He he took didn't take the name the doctor as we see in this episode. When you know in this mini episode when when the eighth doctor regenerates into John Hurt. Well, first of all, there's that line, "Will it hurt?" Which I didn't. The first time watching, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't get that connection at first. I'm, I'm assuming that was the deliberate, you know, inside pun there. The the surprise that I had. I mean, actually. After I'd got over the surprise of seeing Paul McGann, I suddenly thought afterwards, hang on a minute, logically, which other Doctor could it have been? The only other Doctor it could have been is, I suppose, the Ninth Doctor, and we all know that Christopher Eccleston, great actor though he is, is not likely to reprise his role. So that was that. Uh, secondly, um, a few little things that I would mention. First of all, he didn't kiss that girl in the spaceship. That's not very Paul McGannish, is it? But... Um, <laughs> No, um, the, the 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 thing that w- that was mentioned when we were talking about it before was that um, although it's great to see Paul McCann there uh, and the Eighth Doctor, in some ways, especially when he goes down onto the planet, and the planet was—I mean, I had I had no clue, but I, even even thick brain like me realised there was a connection to Brain and Morbius and, and the planet of Khan, which was near, fairly near, I think, to where Gallifrey is. But the point was that um, the, 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 the lady in charge, uh, I've not got her name to hand at the moment, the, and the actress who played that part really slightly outacted Stephen Moffat. Uh, Stephen Moffat, uh, Paul McGann. <laughs> now, I think that... No, no, yeah, sorry. No, it's all right. The, the thing I'm trying to lead, the, the thing I'm trying to lead up to is that I think, and I was, it was confirmed after I was talking about it, is that they had to obviously film this in secret. Mm-hmm. So all the rest of the cast might have been able to prepare for this for two or three weeks. Paul McGann was probably sneaked into the studio. I thought for one day. I think I've been informed by uh, friends of the collective that for two days, they'll film this over two days. So basically, he had to go in cold and suddenly be the Doctor, who he hadn't played for 16 years. Now, part and parcel of the Doctor from the, sixth, uh, from the TV movie was a very energetic and full-of-life Doctor, because, of course, he'd regenerated from this, the seventh Doctor into the eighth Doctor, and he was sort of leaping around, full of the joys of spring, and one of the elements of that doctor is that vivacity, that life, that you know, uh, you know the way he just spontaneously uh, kisses his companion, and uh, uh, well, Doctor Grace anyway. Here, he just looked a little bit tired. Now, was that because he was an actor who's that much older, and therefore doesn't have that energy inside him? Uh, was this story supposed to take place? Whilst the time wars have been going on for years, yeah. because I, I think the latter character, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, think it has to do with the character, with the steps, yeah, because the, I mean the time lords have uh, seem to be well known across the, the, the you know the galaxy as you know they have a bad name. Once They're she finds out the Dalek, yeah, yeah, so what's the difference? She says, um, and, and I think that's the, I think you know the ravages of war has has you know played a toll on the doctor there even you know he's been acting 
in the doctor's name, you know, for good as a healer and, uh, you know, to, to, to heal whenever he can, not, not medically, but, you know, to right what's wrong, you know, and that's the name of the yes, doctor. He's been trying to do little small things without becoming a warrior. Without uh, becoming a warrior. Now, of course. But now, this... Now, again... This sort of just I'm just this sort of makes sense when we see in 2005 and uh, when when Doc, when Doctor Who first came back and Christopher Eccleston's the ninth Doctor he alludes to the Time War and he you know he, he doesn't say specifically what he does but what he had done but he said you know he had to do things that he's not proud of and whatever so and then we had we just have to assume it was the eighth Doctor that did it because. If you remember him, Rose, he just he looks in the mirror and he tickles his, you know, he wiggles his, you know, he looks at his ears and he, he seems like yeah. to be seeing himself for the first time. So he had just recently regenerated, we have to assume, because he hadn't seen himself yet. So we had to assume that this was coming off a new regeneration and all these things that happened in the Time War was the Eighth Doctor. You know, this is before the John Hurt character was introduced. So now, but it, it seemed a little bit out of character for the Eighth Doctor unless he got, unless he changed so much, like you said, during from the 1996 movie to whatever the Time War did to him. But now we know it wasn't the Eighth Doctor that maybe did these terrible things. It was the, the, the Time Lord that didn't use the Doctor's name and hence wasn't part of the doctor's um, makeup, you know, and didn't do it in the name of the doctor, and it's the John Hurt character, even though it's the same time one. And it was an unorthodox regeneration because, of course, uh, they actually mm -hmm. said that he died. Now, um, if, if you go back to some of the early stories, uh, I mean, that classic scene where Rose and the doctor are running towards each other and the doctor gets glanced and, uh, and, and the scenes where where the doctor says, oh, no, I can die. If I die instantly, you know, I can die. Mm -hmm. But if I have time to regenerate, I can survive. Now, in this case, the sisters will say that he actually died on this spaceship. Mm -hmm. And we're having a, a little bit of a potion as the potion that revived the master. Now, in the master's case, uh, in the end of time, part one and two, um, of course, that was interfered with. Somebody tried to stop that. Uh, potion working, and that's why we had this bizarro master with, you know, you know, Iron Man jets of power coming out of his arms and so, oh, so on. But here, uh, the, the 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 situation that is a dif uh, difficult to resolve is the fact that here uh, he, the doctor doesn't make this conscious decision. He's trying to help this girl. He's trying to be the doctor. Uh, the, the ship crashes. We know that uh, this planet of Khan is set up to lure ships to their doom. Um, uh, not my idea. D Darth was saying on our call that, you know, there must be some way in which that, although the ships crash, they slow down the crash part so that there's something sal salvageable from the wreckage. But the point is that they revive him and then they say... Because of the time war, desperate times, desperate measures, even their sisterhood is in crisis. And so they prepared these possible uh, potions that will not only... And, th and this is actually in the dialogue, uh, because we know that when the Doctor regenerates, I, he, he often says, I wonder what, what I'll be mm -hmm. next. Yeah. You know, he, he, uh, like the, the fifth Doctor at the, the end of the case of Androzani mm -hmm. feels different this time, you know, what's going to happen and so on. Where with these potions, the idea is that, you know, they can, 
it's a little bit like designer babies, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's not a question of them well, getting pregnant. Yeah. A new doctor. It, it doesn't have designer to be random. Babies. It doesn't have to be random. He can choose what he yeah. wants. Old, new, young, um, yeah. you know, man, woman, uh, he could choose. And, he, yeah. and that's when he says the, the universe doesn't need a doctor right now. It needs a warrior. Right. So I suppose in that sense, he, he does choose in terms of he chooses which incarnation he wants from the choices they give him. But one of the things, if you go back to the Dalek episode, uh, again, not just my idea, but, the, you know, the idea that um, when the Ninth Doctor confronts, you know, the captured Dalek, he, you know, he said, I watched it happen, I made it happen. The implication being it was a specific decision on his part to go to war, where here he almost looks as though going to war was thrust upon him and he'd, he'd resisted it for so long. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was... I mean, less than seven minutes, as you said. It's fantastic. It, it basically um, makes an opening where there wasn't an opening because we did, we'd all thought, well, John Hurt, is he the Valiad? Is he going to be the 12th Doctor? Well, there's been an actor announced for that. Won't spoil that, just in case there's anybody who's still trying not to avoid that. <laughs> but the point is that um, here we, we are definitely... The 8th Doctor has died without the ability to have regenerated because of the suddenness of it. He's revived by advanced science, not magic, by advanced science... He is restored. So is he the eighth doctor in a new body? Therefore, the ninth is still the ninth, the tenth mm-hmm. is still the well, tenth. That's, yeah. an, that's an idea so, of thinking about it, that it, it, it was something other than a... Re, I mean, even though he regenerated, it was something other... And, and I think you had mentioned, maybe it was you, I don't know, had mentioned that maybe this has also reset the regeneration cycle. It was a good cycle. idea. It was a good idea. It was you. It was a good idea. Was <laughs> of course. <laughs> I think many, many fans would say if, uh, if the upcoming episode, you know, is going to be as good as uh, the night of the Doctor was, we're in for an absolute treat. Well, it's a hard it's act to follow. It, it was brilliant. That, that, I mean, that, that, that's brilliant. what I said. I mean, the fans wanted it. I mean, to get Paul McGann on screen, to get the Eighth Doctor on screen, is absolutely fantastic. Now, and, and now there's a cry out for more of the Eighth Doctor. I don't, I don't know spoilers. I avoid them. But we do know, don't we? Can we say, we do know how many Doctors are going to appear in this upcoming episode. We know John Hurt Doctor is going to be there. We know that the Eleventh Doctor is going to be there. And I think it's already established the Tenth Doctor is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be more? That's that's <laughs> again I, I no, no, that no spoilers. We don't and knowledge. I and I you know I do my best even though you know it's it's, it's problematic you know you know doing a show about Doctor Who and trying to avoid spoilers at the same time. So I, I try to do my best on on avoiding spoilers. You know I you know just like you know this was a great surprise seeing this mini episode. I I, I don't want the other surprises to you know be spoiled. So. Um, it's only a few more exactly. days away. Anybody, anybody, anybody like Ian who said he saw this uh, Night of the Doctor with no idea. But as I said, once you'd seen that it was the Eighth Doctor, actually, logically, 
you suddenly think, well, actually, it was either going to be the 8th or the 9th. It couldn't have been the 10th or the 11th. That wouldn't have made any sense. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more concerned now, after refreshing our minds with the name of the Doctor, I'm just wondering where they're going to come in. Because at the moment, we assume that the Doctor is going to recover because Clara's gone in to fix things. Mm-hmm. But where is Clara? Or, or does that time stream now dissolve? Yeah, that, that's why uh, that is, I was assuming that, that those that museum scenes place take place yeah. before the night uh, the, the the name of the doctor. That was my assumption, but I I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. Yeah, or it could, it could be another timeline or to, whatever. To, to just twist our minds anymore, we've had another little mini episode. If you want to go on to that. Yeah, well, just today, no, yesterday it was actually the released. The last day. The, the last day, which is a, a new mini episode. And now I just said that the Night of the Doctor, you know, if you were saying that if, if people were saying now if the Day of the Doctor is anything like the, the Night of the Doctor, it's going to be an awesome episode. And I said, well, you know, the Night of the Doctor is a hard act to follow, so I hope Day of the Doctor is good. But then we get this other mini episode, which in my opinion is a little disappointing on the heels of the Night of the Doctor for me, it's 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 it, well. First of all, as we said in the beginning of the show, it's available on iTunes right now. When this when this podcast goes out, I'm not sure if maybe that may have expanded to YouTube, but right now it's it's to my understanding, it's only officially available on iTunes. And in the U.S., it was free, and now I think in the other countries, it's free as well. Though not initially, there was some sort of you know mess up with that. But so that aside, though right. that aside, just based on the story and the episode itself. I just found it a little... It was interesting, but a little disappointing. Um, as a tech guy, someone that's um, played one or two video games in his life, especially, you know, like these first game shooters, it just didn't seem original. I, I've seen this before. Many like first game, first person shooter games will start off this way. I don't know if, um, you know, if you're familiar with Halo or uh, oh, there was another one which um, was kind of popular before then, uh, which was a first person shooter. Uh, the name escapes me right now. I've seen similar scenes like this before where it's sort of you you sort of in the uh, perspective of the person being spoken to and um, they're they're about to go to some sort of battle or whatever and they're preparing them and anyway so to me it just seemed a little predictive Um, I was able you know there's a scene where see that little speck on the screen pretend it's a Dalek and I knew immediately that was going to be a real Dalek so but that that aside it was good seeing Gallifrey again it was good seeing these Gallifreyan guards or whatever you call the 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 the, the capital um the, the the military aspect of Gallifrey though you know they didn't have their capes they, they had this reddish outfit it wasn't that bright red that we've seen before so they've changed the costumes costumes, costumes a bit and they're, they're missing their capes, but it was good to see Gallifrey again. Yeah, and of course they do have the military. I mean, Romana went to, uh, went off with one of those yes, military types, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't she? But yeah. um, maybe it's a generational thing, and, and and if you'll forgive me, including you and me in the same generation, maybe it's the fact that younger people would would connect more with that first person. It's- Possible, yeah, yeah. It just—I've just thought yeah. when I was watching it, just like I've seen this before. Yeah. You know, for the first time watching it, I felt like I've seen it before. So where that it wasn't was the case with the Night of the Doctor. Um, yeah, it wasn't anticlimactic. However, n- not what was on screen, but 
it could in many ways be great in as much as the t the whole point about the time war as far as i understand it is you know both sides were wiped out with only the doctor remaining now you could argue that if the last day showed all of the time lord our gallifrey being wiped out other than presumably if you go back to doctor who some of it that was locked out of time you could argue that that is reason why the doctor would take on the warrior role because his whole race on the last day you've seen wiped out so in terms of it being uh, you know it, I'm going to, I dare even do this, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Can I mention Steven Seagal movies <laughs> alongside Doctor Who? Have you ever seen Steven Seagal movies or even Claude Van Damme movies? Mm -hmm. The no, way they justify their hero, you know, kicking hell out of the bad guys is that the bad guys did something to Horrendous. their fiance mm -hmm. or some, or close my, or I think a death wish. You know, Charles Bronson, yeah. it's only because his family gets, you know, tortured or whatever that he can then... And everybody they make it personal. Him on yeah. Because, because they know that he's suffered. It's not, he's not just a nasty character doing it for the love of it. He's been a very hurt, wounded character. Now, you could argue, I suppose, that this last day is giving the Doctor license to go and kill every last stinking Dalek as the Ninth Doctor says in the mm -hmm. episode, Dalek, because in this night at last day, we've seen all of his race, bar him, wiped out. So it wasn't on screen. It, 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 but if you can... I might, I might be completely wrong, but if you can think it through in those terms I've just put, then it might just give at least the reason why you, know, you can go along with uh, this warrior Doctor and say he's right to do that because the Daleks have just wiped out his whole planet and race. Yeah. Maybe? Just yeah. a thought. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, well, I mean, we have to assume that this takes place sometime after the Night of the Doctor because there was no... End, I mean, the... Um, I mean, the, I mean, it was a short episode, but the Eighth Doctor didn't make any indication that the Time Lords were wiped out. I mean, they were still in existence. No, no, no. He said he was one, one of the good ones. So the, I would assume that after after he's become this warrior doctor, he finds out about this Dalek attack on Gallifrey. Yeah, I mean and these two events could be they, they could be coinciding with each other. I mean the day that uh, the, the night of the yeah. Doctor and the, the last day could be taking place simultaneously. Exactly. Hopefully, it will make more sense once we see yeah. the episode because. Yeah. It, Say I mean, a little bit like Ian said earlier, uh, when we weren't sure about that man in the cell talking about you know the whisper men and so on. There was a there was a little mini sode that explained that. You might argue that this. I mean, in some ways it's bad. I mean, one of the things that a lot of people say with Doctor Who is that when you watch an episode, everything you need to understand the episode should be exactly the episode. yeah. You shouldn't have had to have watched an extra to know. The extra should be an extra exactly. or an embellishment yeah. or I mean, whatever. It shouldn't be something you have to necessarily have watched. To because I'm not even sure if I saw that story. mini. If that mini episode didn't appear on iTunes, 
you know, because that's how I was getting Doctor Who, especially, you know, during the recovery after Sandy. I was just, if that episode didn't appear, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back and I'm not, I'm not recalling that many episodes. So I, it may be one that I haven't seen now. I've got to go look for it. But for, but for the I mean I, for me it was circumstance that that kept me away. But for a casual Doctor Who fan, they're not going to seek out these mini episodes unless it's shown in the episode proper. They're not going to have any any knowledge of it. So that makes me wonder now. Um, in the the next episode, the fiftieth anniversary, the 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 day of the Doctor, whether they'll have some sort of explanation about who John Hurt's Doctor is, you know, we, I doubt they're going to insert the night of the Doctor into it, or, or maybe it might be a flashback or something like that. I don't know, but it, it seems like there's going to be probably some sort of verbal explanation on who he is, because the casual fan won't well, have, might not have seen the night of the Doctor. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, one of uh, one of our friends, uh, Mike Randall Four, Thor, always goes on about the the we and the not we. I mean, my brother-in-law, uh, I told him to watch that, um, you know, the Night of the Doctor. I, mean, I said it's fantastic. He said, "Well, I watched it. What was all the fuss about?" I said, "Did you not <laughs> see the Eighth Doctor?" Yeah, it was the Eighth Doctor. That was nice. No, I said most people. They had to pause, run around the room screaming for five minutes, <laughs> then go back and watch the rest of the episode. Oh, Dave, you watched me. I didn't know you were watching me when I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it says, you lot obsess about this. And then I went on to recount, and I spent ten minutes, and this was on the phone. I mean, I bet, I bet if I could have been in his house... He's probably holding the phone about two feet away from his ear as I'm ranting on about... Some, oh, right, I didn't see all that. It was good, though. And basically, you know, it, it, he quite enjoyed it, but he didn't see why. I mean, so, what do you mean, Braden Morbius? How do you know it was that? Well, it was the same planet. Well, the clothes. And, and I'm gormous at things like that. Um, but even I spotted uh, quite a few of those links. So, <laughs> oh, but he's just obsessive about it. You know, there's no <laughs> talking about this to you. Well, uh, just to summarize, uh, I'm going to give Night of the Doctor, uh, once again, five out of five TARDIS groans. And the last day, I'll give it two and a half, which is in the middle of five and uh, out of, you know, out of five TARDIS groans. Oh, uh, well, Night of the Doctor for me, five out of five. Absolutely. Uh, the, the last day, if it's relevant, it could be four, but it's, it's only a three. And actually, if I had to pay for it, I'd probably make it a one or a two. Yeah, because yeah. For <laughs> six, uh, for, for, sorry, under four minutes, basically, you know, it, it was more than a dollar a minute. I mean, pretty steep. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it would be different if it was going to children in need, but it was, well, hopefully those that did pay exactly. will get a refund just I'm sure in the in iTunes if the the iTunes app you can go and 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 you know mark a problem with a certain purchase and you can you can request a, a refund if if it's now free. You know, for two ninety nine, you could have got the Podshock app. Bit much better buy. <laughs> there you go. Well, we didn't have um, much feedback from last week, so I do want to um, remind everyone to send in your feedback to, you could call, the, the, the probably the easiest way is to call the Podshock Public Call Box, which is 206-350-6463. 
And uh, just please make a note of that. It's you calling the United States and, um, you know, 206 number. So um, if whatever, and I mean, we don't charge anything for it, but whatever, you know, phone tolls they may be, they apply. And uh, um, you can send feedback on anything, but what we're suggesting is since it's the 50th anniversary, is why not send feedback on what this anniversary means to you? I mean, what you might be doing to celebrate the 50th anniversary, or just what, even if you're not doing anything to celebrate, what the significance of 50 years of Doctor Who means to you. Although not really a feedback, just a message that was sent on Facebook, which I believe was from Mark Goodacre, had mentioned we had speculated last episode about the Tartar stores opening where we may have seen it before and he reminded us that the DVD menu titles when it opened when you first put a DVD in of you know from the from the original series from the classic series if you will it usually has the the Tartus and the doors open up and um, and that's from the DVD menus so uh, maybe that's where we remember seeing but I think it was some from something else too perhaps yeah I think it was on the uh, confidentials for a while mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure all right, well... And, and Mark, by the way, is known as uh, Res Resident Alien, uh, if you see him around on the internet. Uh, that's, I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's his Twitter handle? Yeah, okay. yeah, because he's, he's British, but he's living in America, yes, he's... so he's a resident alien. Very good. <laughs> well, again, Dave, thank you. And also Ian, who had to step... I had to step out before uh, thank him for, as well for being part of this show. And thank you, our audience, for listening and being, you know, still here, I'm still getting uh, lots of feedback from people saying how happy they are and delighted that Dr. Upachak is back. And, um, you know, on behalf of, of um, everyone involved, you know, I, we're, we're delighted to be back. And we look forward to, you know, what's to come. And and as I said before, we're not just retreading the past. We're, we're working on the future as well and the present, which any time Lord can only hope for. <laughs> yeah, and to my friend who made the, the comment, it's 5 a.m. here. Oh, my. One day off 67, uh, and I hope I'm uh, chirpy enough for him. You certainly are for me, so thank you again, Dave, and um, <laughs> until, it. until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. I'm trying to send a distress signal. Stop talking about doctors. I'm a doctor but probably not the one you're expecting. <laughs> <laughs>